You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to read back over verses 16 through 18 and go into verse 22. Now Paul is commanding, remember Paul is giving these as kind of commands to do. And when we look at it that way as a command and we go into it, that there's a lot more responsibilities than we sometimes think of. There's a lot more things that we need to do or that we're purposed to do as Christians besides just saying, oh God, thank you for saving me and that's it. We have a lot of things that we're going to, uh, that we need to do or we're going to do as Christians and a true Christian has no problem doing these things. And so many times uh, when we have an, uh, what we call a new Christian, we forget to tell them, hey, there's so much more following what God has saved you from. There's so much more to do and many times we forget that. So we're going to continue, like I said, out of this, we're going through this out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to start back in verse verse 16 and go through verses 22. Rejoice always. We talked about that, the happiness of a Christian. Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And he goes on to say, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. I think the King James says abstain from the appearance of evil. And we're going to pray tonight that God would just bless the reading of His Word. Bless this passage. Bless, let us be a blessing for Him tonight. Let us just live a life not only pleasing to God, but one that God is, is happy about us living. One that we feel good about standing up as a Christian. One we feel confident in that we're doing what God has asked us to do, that we're following God's will. And Father, we pray as we go through the service tonight, just let your spirit dwell upon each and every one of us. Let our hearts be open and receptive to your word tonight. Let us hold fast to what you have given us. Let us test all things. And let us be happy in knowing what you've done for us and what you have planned for us. Father, we just ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we look at what's going on here, and we, we go and finish this or go through this uh, kind of uh, as Paul is giving an exhortation here to the Christians at Thessalonica. He goes on and says, do not quench the spirit. Now we know that God has never failed. We know that we believe that. We believe that there's nothing God has ever failed about. There's not one that, is, that he has called that's going to reject him. But we sometimes will sit there and wonder, does God really have this in control? Does God really, um, 
is God really working all things for my benefit? Is God really opening that door up? And what that is, we're starting, when we start thinking like that, we're quenching the Spirit. We're, we're putting water on the Spirit and dampening it so that we're not being concerned with it as much as what's in the world. And we'll start questioning all these things about, is God able to do this? Is God really doing this for me? Is the Bible really true about if you pray uh, in the name of Jesus, you'll get what you want? And we'll, we'll question so many things. And when we start questioning and we start quenching the fire, it's because we have left out the previous verses. You'll start questioning what God is doing, and you'll start questioning where God is leading you when we get to the point where we're not happy anymore. When things are not going good in our life, we'll start saying, God, do you really want me here? Is this where I really need to be? When, I'm, when we're, when we're kind of, like I said, uh, down in the valley, so to speak, and we've lost the, the joy to rejoice, and we've lost the attitude or the commitment to prayer, we'll start questioning what God is doing in our lives. We'll start questioning where God wants us to be, where the Holy Spirit is leading us to. And we'll get to that point, even though we're at church and we're doing what we, or what God, what we think God wants us to do, we know inside that we're not where we need to be. And you think about that, the disciples, when Jesus fed the 5,000 men, we think somewhere, uh, like Brother Aaron was talking about, 10 to 15, possibly 20,000 people. And he took this bread and this fish, and he looked up to heaven, and he broke it. And he started uh, distributing it. And the disciples never picked up that the bread never got any smaller, and the fish never run out. I don't understand how they missed that, but it goes on in John, uh, I believe it's in verses 50, maybe 63 or something like that. And it says, the reason you missed this miracle because your hearts were hardened. You was quenching what I was doing in your life. And the reason we get down and out so many times and that we start giving up in life is because we're quenching the Spirit. We're not letting the Spirit work in our lives like it needs to. We're, we're, uh, we must not douse the Spirit. Because this happens when we lose, when we, when we start quenching or dousing the Holy Spirit in our lives. We lose a lot of things behind that. We lose the illumination of God's Word. Think about that. Think about we're in a t time of your life when you wasn't spiritual as you are now. Or maybe you're in that rut right now where your spiritual level is low. And, and you cannot find anything that's speaking to you. That we see God's Word is not a lamp into our path anymore. We're getting, uh, we're in the darkness seems like because when we start dousing or quenching the Holy Spirit, we lose that illumination of God's Word. We lose the intimacy of God's Word. And we lose the glory of God's Word and the help to know God's will. And that causes us not to rejoice anymore. So we have to make sure, as Paul has commanded here, 
to the Christians at Thessalonica, he said, not only rejoice, not only pray, not only be thankful, but never quench, never try to slow down what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Never try to question what the Holy Spirit, remember, when we get down and we get real low in our lives and we don't even know how to pray, we don't even know what to pray for, it is the Holy Spirit that intercedes and talks to God for us. And if we're trying to push that Holy Spirit down saying, hey, I'm doing fine, I'm doing good where I'm at, I don't really need any help, I'm okay, we're quenching the Spirit instead of letting the Spirit work through us to take us somewhere that God really wants us to be at that time. And we're quenching that Holy Spirit. We're dousing it and we're losing so much about it. Now we know the Holy Spirit cannot be put out. We know that fire cannot be put out. But it can be quenched. Now when we start quenching it, now the Holy Spirit, He is God, but we can still stifle the Holy Spirit's work in our life. When the Holy Spirit is quenched, he is grieved. Why is he grieved? Why is the Holy Spirit grieved with inside of us and we go to quenching it? What's making that happen? What's making the Holy Spirit get upset where, where, where it's, like I said, it's grieved inside of us? When we start quenching the Spirit and we start really pushing the Spirit down inside of us that we're not, we're not praying and we're not being thankful like we should, when we're not rejoicing like we should, guess what? We're not reaching for the fruit that we should be reaching for also. And the Holy Spirit hates that. It upsets Him when we're not reaching for that fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit. Now I want you to think about this. When we're dousing the Holy Spirit, and Paul said, Do not do this. Do not quench the Spirit. When we're quenching the Spirit, we're lacking every one of these. We're lacking. We're not reaching for joy in our life anymore. We're not reaching for peace anymore. We're not reaching for the long suffering or the gentleness or the goodness or the faith or the meekness or the temperance against there is no such law. We start not grasping for these things. And you say, why am I not doing that? Why was I, I was able to, to reach and I was able to have all these things? And life was so happy. Think about where you was at at that point. You was letting the Holy Spirit totally control you, totally drive you, totally lead you. And when we start trying to do that ourselves, we mess everything up. When we think we can do a better job than God, we just totally messed the whole thing up. The cake is no good anymore. And you say, where am I? And I ask, where are you at? Ask yourself, where am I at reaching for these fruits right now? Am I reaching, am I striving to have the love that I used to have? The love for my job or the love for my spouse or the love for my family or whatever it may be. Am I liking the joy I used to have? Am I liking the peace? Does everything just build up inside of me? Am I not as patient as I used to be? Am I not as gentle? And we start looking, and you know what's going on inside of you. And when that's happening, we are quenching the Spirit. We're dousing water on it because we don't, we get to the point where we don't want that anymore. We get so far down that we forget what it was like to rejoice, to pray, to be thankful. And Paul said, whatever you do, do not quench the Spirit.
Don't put it out. Don't try to put it out because only good things come from God. He cannot give us bad things. When we start quenching the Spirit, we're losing the miracles and the blessings that God is putting our way. So he said, continue, build the fire up. Do not quench it. Do not despise the prophecies. Do not despise the Word of God. Now, that is, I would hate to even guess how many Bibles I have at home. I've been blessed to have a bunch of them given to me over the years. Um, I've got uh, a lot of different translations. I don't have near as many as Brother Ron. His library is just Bibles only back there. And every one of us has that. I bet if we was to set and count how many Bibles we have at home right now, and how many that we walk past every day, there's probably some in our vehicles. I used to be at a church several years ago that aggravate me. Uh, I'd get through and I'd walk down the, the center after everybody left the, the aisle here. And then nobody takes their Bible home. I was like, goodness gracious, these are some, some very good folks. They don't even need to talk to God on the, between Sundays anymore. Because what it is, when we, he told them, he says, do not despise the prophecies. Do not ignore or reject the message of the Bible. Don't ignore or reject what God is wanting you to see, what the Holy Spirit is trying to show to you. And how do we ignore it or reject it? We don't even read it. We don't open it up. Well, I've got it on my phone. I do too. I have an app every morning that sends, that sends to my phone. And all I have to do is open it up. And I, don't even, I left my phone down there, Brother Cole. We're going to have to, I'm going Old Baptist way. We're going to lay the watch up here. <laughs> had a preacher, Brother Billy Russell. I used to get tickled. He would take his watch off and we had a wooden pulpit and you'd hear it hit up there and that's the last time he ever looked at that watch was when he took it off. <laughs> but when we start despising the Word of God, it says do not despise the prophecies. Now we understand that God is not going to come down and verbally, audibly speak to us anymore, Brother Fred. He's not going, he don't have to. This is all he needs to say right here. There's nothing more that God needs to tell us outside of the Bible. But when we stop reading the Bible, we start despising the Word of God. We don't need the Word of God anymore, what we think. I, don't, I understand. There, I, I know John 3.16. I memorized that one a long time ago. I know these other verses. I don't need to read this. Well, guess what? When we quit reading, when we start despising the prophecies or despising the message of the Bible and not doing what it says, we're not going to have the other happiness in our life. Think about, once again, where you was at when you was the happiest in your life. It was when God was in total, you let God take total control of everything. You didn't try to take control of anything. You said, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you lead me to do. How do I know what you're leading me to do? Because you're telling me in your word. I'm going to read and study your word. I know that if, if, if I'm, and I agree with Brother Ron wholeheartedly on this. If your prayer life is where it needs to be with God and your walk is where it needs to be with God, whatever you want to do is what God is leading you to do because you're going to do what God wants you to do anyway. 
And the only way you're going to understand these things if we get into the Bible and we start really digging into it and learning from it and say, oh, this is what God means by this. This is what God is telling me by this scripture. This is where God wants me to go with this. So, so many times God opens up doors and we have doused the spirit and we won't go through them. So many times he has put people in our way and it says only if I would have read that other scripture last night or if I would have really clicked on that app on my phone when it popped up instead of just clearing it if I would have read that scripture, that morning scripture that morning. And when we start despising, and he said do not despise the prophecies. Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, the Bible says, Paul was writing this letter to Timothy, study to show thyself approved to who? To God. To God. When we want to be happy in our Christian walk, we're going to have to put other things out of the way. We're not going to be able to do some of the things we thought was fun, but what God is leading us to, we're going to have more joy in it anyway. But he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Well, that tells us we don't need to follow along where some people are going. And the only way we know what to say or not to say is to know what God told us to say or not to say. Now, he told us, let your conversation be yay, yay, and nay, nay. Don't get in all the, the other uh, babbling and all that um, backbiting and all that. But we must study our study. I keep telling Connor this every Sunday morning. And if y'all don't know, and I'm proud of Connor, I always have been. Connor is trying to go to medical school, passes MCAT. Is that right? Did I say that right? Which I think Connor's going to be a great doctor. But I told Connor, I said, bless your heart, you're never going to get out of school. It's going to last forever. You're going to have to study the rest of your life to do this. And, and that's what we as Christians, it's the same thing. It's not, whoo, I graduated, I got my diploma when I got saved, I'm done with it. No, we must study daily. Be ready daily that we not despise the prophecies or despise the Word of God, but be ready to jump at the calling. He says, now test all things. Everything tested. Tested by what? By the Bible. That's a standard. Somebody comes up to you and says, do I need to do this? Hmm, what's the Bible say? The Bible says I shouldn't do it. No, I don't need to do that. Somebody comes up to you again. What, they want you to do this. What's the Bible say? It's fine. I'll go do it. Test all things. Make sure that when somebody's coming to you with different scripture or different ideals, they match up with the Bible. And we're starting to get to a point now. I was talking to a guy at work the other day about what churches are allowing now. What churches are letting happen inside their church, and God warned about that all through Scripture. This is the one sacred place that we should come and be reverent and, and treat everything, in my opinion, as the way that this is special to God, and yet many churches today are not testing to see what's right or wrong anymore. They're just letting people in, and them churches are failing. Because they're getting away from what God said, test 
everything. Test all things to make sure they line up to God's Word. Test everything to see how it is for spiritual standards and understanding. All right, I've got something I want you to look at. Okay, I don't agree with this. This is not what the Bible tells me. Okay, get rid of it. That's not going to help us. Get, and the only way you're going to know that if we understand and are studying the Word of God. He says, test all things. Hold fast to what is good. I love Robbie to death. I do. She's a very, very special woman that has put up with me. May 22nd was 17 years, I believe, we've been married. Very special woman to be able to complete that mission in her life. And that is, and, and, and she is very good to me. But the, and Robbie's mindset of this world is, Brother Fred, everybody is good. She, oh, that, they're, they're good people. Really, Robbie? Seriously, how do you say they're good people? Just because they hadn't killed anybody, they're good people? That's a good, they're, they're, they're good people. Really, what have they done? What spiritual fruit have they produced? What have, what have, what have they done for God in their life? Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to God. Hold fast to church. Hold fast to a good Christian friend that will lift you up when you need to be lifted up and bring you down when you need to come down. Hold fast to every word from Genesis to Revelation. Hold fast to what God is doing and the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. We must, and he said that as a commandment. Hold fast to what is good, but also let go of what is bad. And he said, abstain from every form, or the King James said, abstain from every appearance of evil. Now, what is evil? That we could have the rest of the year talking about what is evil. But to put it in perspective, what is evil that we're going to look at real quickly is is it in the Bible? If it's okay to do in the Bible, it's good. If the Bible said it's not okay to do, it is evil. That's as pretty, as plain, as simple as we can get. Hold, be, get away from that evil because it never fails when we try to get close to a little evil. We studied this morning in our, in our Sunday school about the, the history of mankind. Next Sunday, we're going to get into the fall of mankind. If they would have only abstained or got away from that evil, Brother Fred, think about your life somewhere. If you would have only got away from that evil, there's somewhere in our lives we have touched it and we have got close to it. We have been right there with it. And it almost ruined us. And if we would have stayed away from it, and how many times were we around that evil where we lost that connection with somebody that was trying, somebody that was dealing with Christ, dealing with the Holy Spirit, didn't know what to do, but they saw us and said, why do I need that? That person's doing the same thing. I don't need Jesus if they're going to live like that. We all live in a glass house, Brother Stanley. As Christians, everybody want us, they want us to fail. 
The world wants Christian marriages to break apart. The world wants the Christian churches to break apart. And we must abstain from every form of evil. We know what's evil. And, I, and, I, and we have been blessed to be able to get back on Wednesday night and, and, and try to just take some life lessons from, from mine and Robbie's life and, and give back to the youth. And that is where we're going to get to. I want to tell them, look, it only takes one second, and it's for a lifetime. And if you would abstain from that evil and look at it, and, you, and sometimes we don't know, hmm, is that good or is that bad? Well, guess what? When you're making a sandwich and you reach in there and get bread out, it's not that hard to figure out green bread is not as good as the regular bread. You, you abstain from that. You get away from that bread. You don't want that piece. In, my, in our house growing up, there was times that you took and cut around that, Brother Fred, and said, I'm just going to, maybe it won't get me this time. But when we look, we must, and he said that as a commandment, abstain from it. Get away from what is evil or even what looks evil. Don't let people see you doing that. Don't do it. And if you think about it, we get nervous about it. Somebody going to see me do it? If that's the mindset, we don't need to do it anyway. So Paul gives these great uh, kind of commandments to the Christians at Thessalonica. He said, Rejoice evermore, pray without season, everything give thanks, despise not the prophecies, hold fast to what is true, and abstain, get away from what is evil. Every form of evil, get away from it. Say, I don't want you, get behind me, Satan. Where God wants me to go, you don't, you're not invited. Where God is leading me, Satan, I'm not taking you with me. And I'm not going to let something out here just for a second make me quench the Holy Spirit for years. Because I bet if we look in our lives, every one of us at some point have tried to quench the Holy Spirit. Every one of us at some point has probably got away from God a little bit and we have regretted it so much. And the reason we have regretted it because we lost the joy. We lost the prayer. We lost the thankfulness. But when we get to where God wants us and we're doing these things like Paul commanded to the Christians here at Thessalonica, when we're doing these, guess what? You're happier than you've ever been. And it's only when you get away from evil and do what God wants us to do and follow His will that we're going to be happier than you've ever been. How do I find happiness? The Bible states it from Genesis to Revelation. This is happiness. How do I find happiness at work? It's in the Bible. Happiness at home, God tells us about that. Joy, peace, whatever. God gives us details on how to find all of this. And are we doing it? We'll make excuses. I have made a million excuses not to read my Bible every day, Brother Fred. I didn't have time. I was sick. I didn't feel good. I meant to do that this morning, but I forgot. I meant to pray for you, but I went to sleep. And we'll make every excuse. And it's amazing when we get to where God wants us, we can't find an excuse anymore because we're so ready to get back to that joy we had. We're so ready to pick it back up, Brother Stanley, and say, I, I want to get to this point in my Bible tonight. I want to understand this better. I want to know this better. 
And it's only when we're following God's will and getting and not quenching the Spirit, we're holding fast to what is true and we're abstaining from evil, that we'll be able to rejoice and we'll be able to pray and we'll be able to be thankful for all things.